If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well, we need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Welcome to the porch here on Fire and Fall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics. We examine the Word of God, especially the example of the Book of Acts Church. We find the church the Lord intended, not the one man created, and we regain the world-shaking influence the early church had. The porch was created to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain, like I said, that world-shaking influence. And oh boy, do we need it right now. Things are shaking the world, and it should be the church. It should be the Book of Acts church here and now through the porch. We believe the day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls, and it won't stop until the Lord takes the church out of here. The porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. If you have any questions, please visit the site, use the contact button, go to onsolomonsport.org. Or you can go to firefalltalkradio.com. There's ways to support us. We appreciate each and every one of you that do and your encouragement. Go to the bottom of the main page for Firefall Talk Radio. There is a PayPal link. Or you can use the Venmo app at Firefall Media Group. Um, If you need to do it the old-fashioned way, mail it to us, reach out to us, and let us know, and we'll explain how to do that. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site of Firefall Talk Radio, the main podcasting site. We are also heard on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we're waiting um, for some other confirmation. Welcome to all those listeners. Make sure you keep track of what we're doing here. That way you'll know when another Overwatch is being posted. We're still working on the Baby Steps to Babylon Part 2. If you haven't heard that, head on over and listen to that part. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com, Firefall Talk Radio or Facebook.com. Supernatural Response Team, that's the SRT Overwatch page. We always start out with praise reports and prayer requests. That's how we do things. And we'll always continue to do it that way. We learned it from the home church, um, the beginning days of the porch. So we praise him and then we bring our petitions to him. So Father, we just come to you now in the name of your son. We praise you. We praise you for the home we have, Lord. I praise you that I can do this here, that you blessed us with this home. I thank you for my wife, who was a blessing to me for 40 years, uh, for my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, our furry kids, and everything we have, you have blessed us. I thank you for your protection over us, for letting me work this ministry for you. It will always be yours. 
I praise you and thank you for the dreams and the visions for the healing virtues which are still available to us, and we receive them right now in Yeshua's name. I praise him that we can praise you, praise you for everything, praise you in the storms, praise you in the darkness, praise you in the troubles. We can praise our way out of trouble and come to you with a repentant, humble heart and ask for your help. I praise him for praise you for your favor, for divine revelation, for sharing. Right now, it's been a tremendous time of teaching and dreams and visions and living out Joel chapter 2 and seeing the things being fulfilled and the end times and prophetic times. We're living in them. We're living at a moment people wanted to live in. And I don't mean the bad stuff. I mean the fact that on the other side of this is him. On the other side of this is the great appearance. On the other side of this and in it is the blessed hope. That's what you should have. My praise him for that. Praise him for America. We have our problems. We have a lot of problems. But I'm thankful that we're here. The only other place I'd want to be if I had to choose another nation to live in would be Israel. But right now we're here. I praise him that I'm a new creation. The old Richard, the old me, before October 9th of 1988, uh, not a good person. Not somebody I would ever want to be again. I'm thankful that he saved me. I'm thankful that he healed and delivered me. And I'm thankful that he has allowed me to work for him in the family business and that he uses me and that he even considers me. And I am so ready so ready to see him face to face. But we have a job to do before then, so let's pray about that. First of all, we got to pray about the Middle East. Israel, the peace of Jerusalem, that is a mandate in Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Well, Lord, we love you. I love you. So if you want to let me prosper, that'd be great. I pray for America and its leaders, and its citizens at this time. We're being tested. We're being squeezed. We're being pushed. This is the time to know who your Lord is, to dig your heels in, to take your stand, to do it in a way that glorifies him, doesn't mess up your witness, but holding strong, faith-filled strength. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. It's always been a button for me. I've always been a person about injustice, maybe because I was bullied as a young boy. But even more so now, I pray for them each and every day. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents being destroyed and chopped apart and their their parts sold in and out of the womb, the, the, the animals. And we have been so bad in being stewards of his creation. I pray for them. I pray for the missing and exploited children, the victims of human sex trafficking. What a horrible, horrible satanic enterprise. And I know it will be crushed at the end, but it's feeding now. It's prospering now. And I pray for those people, and I pray for those people to be caught, the bad ones. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. The closer we get to the end, the more the enemy acts out, the more bold and the more ugly it becomes for those that believe in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and make it publicly known. Pray against the religious persecution and the anti-Semitism 
our Jewish brothers and sisters, whether you've been grafted into the vine or whether the you are a part of the vine, you should care what happens to them. The spirit of the Antichrist is bolder and bolder. He knows his time is coming. He's feeding. Well, First John 4, 3 told us that he's already in the world, so we should be praying and standing with our brothers and sisters. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design, healing for my wife and things that have happened over the years that God would restore. If you're broken, if you're hurt, if you're going through something right now that's out of your control, first place you start is at the cross. Then you go to his feet. Maybe there's something to repent of. Maybe not. I don't know, but it has to go to him. You have to petition him with an open and a humble heart. And you got to cry out to him. So, Lord, we cry out to you right now. You are still the divine physician. You've not changed. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. If, if anyone is sick, we pray for them right now. Wish I could lay hands on you, but I could do it from a distance. And in the spirit, I lay my hands on you, and I pray in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, be healed for his glory in his name. We pray for protection, Psalm 91 protection over each and every one of us, homes, families, pet possession, that the enemy will have no access to it, that the world cannot touch it. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No word spoken shall stand, and every enemy that rises up against us shall fall. Pray for inspiration, for the fire to be stirred up, for the remnant to wake up, to rise up, and answer the call to action. There's no more downtime. There's no more waiting. Now is the time. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. We have needs. This ministry, the visions, everything we need to do, including finishing the documentary and those to follow, the 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 spreading of the gospel, going out and setting the captives free through SRT— if you know somebody that has been blessed and can help us out, then you need to tell them about us. That's the only way the word gets out. We don't do advertising. The Lord doesn't drop manna from the sky anymore. So I'm praying to him right now to stir up those that have to give. And if you know somebody, then you need to tell them about us. And I pray that we would prosper in accordance with his word for his kingdom, for his glory. That the open conduits of those blessings to fund all that he needs us to do in these times would come. That we're going to become highly mobile. We're going to be effective. We're going to roll. And the enemy's going to have to catch up with us for once. Continue to pray for divine favor in the conclusion of legal matters and adversity that we're still going through. That this pandemic, I always emphasize pan Demic is uh, has delayed things, and we need them taken care of. And of course, finally, most importantly, for our lost family members who need to get saved, it's almost too late. Father, in the name of Yeshua, your Son, our Lord and Savior, we come to you right now. First of all, we praise you. You are the Great I Am. You are the God above all gods, and there is none like you. You are our Abba Father. So we boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, hear our prayers, hear our hearts, touch us, help us. Thank you. Thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for sending him to pay the price so that we can be reconciled to you. Thank you for taking care of what we couldn't take care of. And Lord, we thank you for doing it, for enduring the pain, the shame, and everything that went with it. For us, you let them do that to you. 
And I, for one, am eternally thankful and will never stop telling you that. We thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit. Who right now, I ask you, Holy Spirit, tonight, open our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirit. Let us receive this word. Let us apply this word. Change us from the inside out. Drop the fire if it's not been touched. If it's in somebody, stir it up. Bring things to their remembrance that they can pray about and repent of or pray for someone. Right now, I'm, I'm just asking you to stir everybody up that's listening. Begin to speak to them. Let them begin to speak out names and needs and whatever to you from their heart. Because you're the one who takes it before the Father. You're the one who helps us to pray when we don't know what to say. So right now, have your way. Bless us. Protect us, the technology, and everything that goes with it. And I pray this in Yeshua, in Jesus' name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to finish the Awakening Remnant series. 23 weeks. We've been on this topic. And finally, just before Pentecost, he brings it to an end so that we can move into the next phase. The Awakening Remnant, Part 23, the Kingdom of God. That's what we're going to talk about because we are entering the weekend of Pentecost. From the Jewish perspective, it's Shavuot. Two-day Jewish holiday coincides with the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai, the Hebrew calendar dates of Sivan 6 and 7, 49 days of counting the Omer after Passover. It mirrored the journey of the children of Israel in the desert, spent 49 years in the desert. 40 years in the desert. I just went off. Something came into my mind. 49 days between the exodus on Passover and the giving of the Torah, a time of spiritual preparation and anticipation. Sorry, I didn't I didn't blank out. All of a sudden, the uh, best way to say it is I shifted realms. Boy, that's, that's not going to go over well, but uh, we've been talking about the kingdom of God, and that's what I've been pressing into, but let me try to stay on my notes. If you hear a thud, I either went down or I'm on the ceiling. Uh, Shavuot 2020 begins sundown Thursday, May 28th and concludes at nightfall on Saturday, May 30th. In the Pentecost for the church, of course, it's a little different because they took it off the Jewish calendar. It's celebrated May 31st, which is Sunday. But it lines up from Thursday. It's a, a weekend. For us, it's the Feast of Weeks, Festival of Weeks, marking the culmination of the redemption. For the Jews, it was Passover. For us, it was Calvary. It was a Passover, except in our case, it was the unblemished Lamb of God 
who took away the sins of the world. See, God took Israel out of Egypt so that they would be his own treasured people. And we know that that didn't work out so well. He still feels that way about them. But rabbinic tradition says that the Torah was given on the 6th of Sivan, which I mentioned, the Shabbat following, following the new moon of Sivan that year. And on that morning, exactly seven weeks after the Exodus, all of the children of Israel gathered at the foot of Mount Sinai. And the Lord descended amidst thunder, lightning, smoke, and fire, and the tremendous blast of the shofar. He was declaring the foundation of the kingdom of God through the moral code, through the Ten Commandments. And what happened was, as this happened, the shofar got louder and louder, and fear began to grip the hearts of the people. And instead of pressing in, they fell back in fear. Be our middleman. You go before God. We're too afraid. And you know, by the way, I believe that sound of the shofar that's going to shake the world when the, the king comes back, I believe it's just going to be like that. I believe it's going to start out low. People aren't going to know what it is. And then that shout of the archangel, it's going to roar. It's going to rock people. It's going to shake people. And in the twinkling of an eye, his church is gone. But there they were, seven weeks of days, counting the Omer. It's a harvest celebration. It was the period between the grain harvest, from the barley harvest to the wheat harvest. Well, it's about the harvest. That's what this one's about, too. Exodus thirty-four twenty-two, And you shall observe the feast of weeks of the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the feast of the end gathering at the year's end. Exodus twenty three sixteen in the feast of harvest the first fruits of your labor which you have sown in the field and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you have gathered in the fruit of your labor from your field Exodus twenty three sixteen was a foreshadowing of the end when the harvest comes when the fruit of the labor of the kingdom for the Lord happens the feast of ingathering at the end of all things. But they spent 40 years in the wilderness doing that every year, and they never got it. Little tidbit, King David was born and died on Shavuot. 
So as I said, Pentecost 2020 for the church is Sunday, May 31st. And just so that you know, I honor the the one according to the Jewish calendar. I get the whole church has got their own calendar thing, and I know why they do, and I don't support that. But if you're free to do whatever you want, you want to go to church on Pentecost Sunday, that's up to you. That That's how you honor him. That's between you and him. But I know for me, it starts tomorrow night at sundown, and I'm looking I'm looking, I'm praying, I'm I'm praying for the manifestation of that blessing. But no matter what date it was, it was the birth date of the church. The foundation of the kingdom of God was begun on Mount Sinai. That that foundation was built, and we know what happened. Moses went up, got the tablets that were miraculously made, supernatural in nature, came down, saw that they were building the golden calf, got mad at them and threw them down, and had to go back up and get another foundation. And I think when that happened, it shifted things. Had we had they been ready and had it gone forward, who knows? We may never have had to need this, but they didn't. They broke it. He broke it in his anger. So here we are. The welding together of the disciples in the beginning of the church in the upper room into one living organism, the body of Messiah. The Holy Spirit moved upon each of the disciples to create a unification of individual temples, arcs of the covenant, if you will. But the blocks of the church were built upon the chief cornerstone. And that's when it began and the kingdom began to build. And just as the giving of the law on Sinai formed the constitution of of the spiritual commonwealth of Israel, the visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the upper room signified the constitution of the commonwealth of the Messiah. Israel was brought together by the law. Believers in Messiah were bonded together with him, entangled in with him, not by rules, but by the Holy Spirit within them. That day of Mount, on Mount Sinai and that day in the upper room are key to where we are right now. The tablets of the law were supernatural. The Holy Spirit inside of us written on our hearts, supernatural. And since then, we've been called to walk a path based on the old eternal path, the supernatural path that began on Mount Sinai. The problem is people still walk in the flesh. Walking in the flesh involves death and destruction, makes you subject to the law. But once you've been set free by the blood of the Lamb, the only choice you have is to walk in the Spirit where grace is found. Walking in the Spirit to those who are born again removes the bondage of the law and gives life. The Spirit brings liberty. You're walking in the light. You're walking in the ever-present power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. There's only one way where the good way is, walking with Him in the Spirit in the kingdom of God. And that's what I'm bringing you to because now what we're going to start talking about in the weeks ahead is applying and living it out. The awakened remnant walks in the kingdom way of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? We touched on this last week. It's the kingly rule or sovereignty of God. The Old Testament makes no reference to it. God was spoken as a ruler. And in the old kingdom, he enforced things through the angels. 
But in the New Testament, those of us that have been empowered by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we enforce it. The paradigm shift to the dispensational authority of the king to his remnant. The problem is, just like with Israel, the church says we don't want to walk in it. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to do it. That's why we are the mess that we are. We were called to subject the enemy. We were called as an army to tarry, to occupy, to keep the enemy in place before until the king came back, and we haven't done it. Now look at the mess that's been created because we abdicated our rule and authority. The Old Testament emphasized God's sovereign power over the kings and the kingdoms, both natural and spiritual. But then comes along Yeshua, the Messiah, and he made the kingdom of God central to his preaching and his teaching. More than 100 references to the kingdom in the gospel, many in the parables. It was his watchword. It was his motto. It was the comprehensive term for his whole teaching. The kingdom of God was the central image, the, the, the hub, if you will, of his preaching and teaching. So why then do we understand so little of it? Because so many preachers and teachers don't understand it. Look at Matthew four twenty three, and Yeshua went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Supernatural activity follows the kingdom of God and kingdom people. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now after John was in prison, Yeshua came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Luke 8, 1. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Luke 9, 2, and he sent them to preach what? The kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The supernatural manifestation of the kingdom of God is the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of who we're supposed to be. The kingdom grew from stage to stage during his early ministry. He himself was there. He embodied the literal kingdom in him, in his person. And, the, and the, the ones around him partook of the blessings of the kingdom. They learned it from him, and then they began to pass it on. Of course, somewhere along the way, it got shut down. It got perverted. It got changed. But I'm here to tell you that it's back. I'm here to tell you that that kingdom of God mentality, that kingdom of God manifestation of blessings and power and peace and provision is here and now for the taking. The Jews weren't looking for that. They were looking for a national movement, except he was bringing it one citizen at a time. And as I mentioned last week, he spoke of it in the parables. He laid out the progression of the kingdom in Matthew 13 and then in other places, the kingdom of God is like a farmer, Matthew 13:24. It's a mustard seed, Matthew 13:31. It's like yeast, Matthew 13:33. It's a treasure, Matthew 13:44. It's like a pearl merchant, Matthew 13:45. It's like a fishnet, Matthew 13:47. The kingdom of God is like an employer, Matthew 20 verse 1. It's a king inviting people to a marriage feast, Matthew 22, 2, and then it's 10, 
virgins, five wise and five foolish in Matthew 25, 1. That seed, that mustard seed parable explains how it grows. Starts out small, gets watered, gets cultivated, gets so big it becomes the, the biggest tree in the area. All the nests, uh, the birds can come and build their nest. That's us. We were supposed to build our nest in it. We were supposed to raise our young in it. We were supposed to live in it. It's that faith that he talked about. That mustard seed faith is kingdom of God faith. It's a faith that your natural mind doesn't understand. It's on a whole nother level, a level that the scientists call a quantum level. I'm going to get into that. I'm probably going to get get above some of your heads, but I'm going to pray that you keep listening. Or the spirit right now opens up your the mind of your understanding. Matthew 17, 19, and 20 comes off the Mount of Transfiguration. They can't cast this demon out of this boy. And so the Lord does it, and they say, why, why could we not cast it out? And Yeshua said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So Luke 17, uh, verses 5 and 6, he says, If you have mustard seed faith, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the seed, and it would obey you. The tree would obey you, because what you'd be speaking at that moment would be a power on a whole nother level. On a level that's unseen, but it's just as real as the one that you can see. That mustard seed faith that I'm talking about, it's the unexpected, undisclosed nature of the coming of God's reign. But guess what? The kingdom has come. But it had to start out small and humble like that seed. And it didn't bring the the glorious manifestation, the instant manifestation that everybody wanted. It took time to grow until the fullness of time. It mentioned that it was like the leaven, the yeast, usually leavened sin, Matthew thirteen thirty three, and the woman hid it in three measures of meal. It was explosive. It was dynamic. You put yeast into dough, and you do everything you need to do, and it gets in the heat, and what is it? It, it just get needs and explodes and grows. It's dynamic. It's like the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's what's inside of me right now. You can hear it in my voice. I know you can. I can hear it. It's the way I want to live. I want to live this way. I don't want the cares of this world. I don't want the bondage of this world. I don't want to watch the news. Nothing's going to change posting something on social media. You know what's going to change? Being about our Father's business in the kingdom of God. Getting people saved, healed, and delivered. That's what's going to change things. But like that yeast, we need to get activated. We need to grow We need to expand. We need that dunamis, that dynamic, explosive presence of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, starting verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive, after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So when they'd come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria until the end of the earth. Then Acts chapter 2, verse 1, the day of Pentecost had fully come. And they were all in one accord in one place. They'd been there for ten days. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They became merged. They became connected. They became entangled with the Lord through the Holy Spirit into the kingdom of God. Remember he said, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That's what he means. I'm in you. I'm with you. I'm a part of you. And in the kingdom of God, there are elements of living power which can never pass away. You've heard me teach this in the seminars or read about it in the book, The Supernatural Battle. The law of thermodynamics says that energy attracts energy. Energies once entangled leave pieces of themselves behind, but they're always connected. And to those who hear, who receive the good news of the kingdom of God, more spiritual truth will be given to them. A growing believer is receptive and teachable. The reason I believe he has shared the things with me that he has shared, because I've wanted to learn them. I've been open to them. I've spent the time with them, with him to get them, to then study them and make them line up with the word so that I know that I'm hearing his voice. I know that anyway, but I want to confirm it through the word. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But to whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. you got to work at it. You, you want to be further along in the kingdom, then you have to work at it. You have to cultivate it. You have to water it. You have to spend time with him. You have to spend time with the word. I was just quoting Mark 4, verses 24 and 25. See, that's the glad tidings of the kingdoms of Luke 8, 1. It came to pass, he went through every city and village, preaching, I'm having a hard time speaking English, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Glad tidings. This world can't make you glad. The world's systems can't make you glad. The things of this world cannot make you glad. Only he can. But that's why he spoke in parables, Mark 4.11. To you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, those things come in parables. Not everyone is going to understand what I'm talking about. Not everyone's going to understand kingdom of God teachings. He's going to block it out from those who might understand and use it for their own selfish desires. Oh, there are some that have put their toe in the water and gotten a little taste of it. Why you would want a taste of your toe in the water, I don't know. I just put two phrases together. It really didn't work. But they've got a little taste of the kingdom. And they ran out and began to preach it and build a brand on it and do all that other stuff. They didn't wait. They didn't wait for the fullness of it. And it was for their own selfish desires. And they've been blocked from any further knowledge.
It's only to be used to further his kingdom, not man's. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. The kingdom of God on earth is his rule and reign on earth. That's what the Lord taught. It looked unimpressive to begin with, but it's grown into something tremendous. And it's done through the work of the Father, through his Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man can't build it. We can only work it for him. Because he's going to reign. We don't contribute anything to it except our obedience and our willingness to serve him. But I will say this, once you have it, the influence of it is perpetual and ongoing, just like the Holy Spirit. It's dynamic. It's self-perpetuating. And so on that day of Pentecost, the day that we're about to celebrate in Acts chapter 2, the kingdom of God was open for business. And it's been its final progression, its final building until the day of his return. And everything needed for this, his, this effort is ours in his name. Matthew six thirty three seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You can't be selfish. You can't be vainglorious. You can't have all you can't be doing what these people do. There are people that have pimped the gospel, let's call it what it is. They don't serve him, they serve themselves. They put his name on it, but it really has nothing to do with him, looks nothing like him, has no influence on the world, really hasn't changed society a whole heck of a lot. But I'm telling you, what we're on the verge of, it's going to be unlike anything anyone has ever seen before. And the fullness of the kingdom will not come until some unspecified time in the future, which we see through Uh, Matthew 24, the signs have been shown, and I believe the remnant is ready to enter into kingdom business. Are you one of them? Or you just want it to be just like it's always been? You want Christianity as it's always been? Let me let you in for a shock. I'm not a Christian. I'm a believer in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I believe in Messiah. My Messiah is Yeshua. Jesus of Nazareth. That's what I am. But I'm also a member of the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom is worked and done right, it brings a harvest, which brings us back to Shavuot. Because when the end comes and the kingdom of God has done its business, the judgment seat will happen and the books will be open. You're either written in the Lamb's book of life or you're written in the book of the law. You choose which book judges you. That's why he kept telling them, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. And whenever I say that, I see his hand. And then, of course, he confirms that in Luke eleven twenty, when the Pharisees were complaining, he cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And he said, but if I, with the finger of God, that same figure that wrote the Ten Commandments, cast out devils, No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's at hand. It's at his hand. We're his hands. It's us right now. May 27, 2020, you decide, are you walking in the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the spiritual supernatural authority released as a tangible sign and a foreshadowing of what is to come? But to do that, we have to make the kingdom a priority. We have to seek it above everything else. It's that pearl of such great value. 
It is what we live for. You have to repent. You've got to believe the good news of the kingdom. You've got to enter it like a little child. And you've got to pray for God's rule to be manifested in your lives. You can't live lives of Ishmael, God's permissive will, and expect the blessings to be there. You must live the life of Isaac, the perfect will of God. That's what you can't be playing games with God. You just can't. And we have to be ready when the kingdom finally does come. You know where there's a clue about the hidden, a hidden clue about the kingdom of God? It's in the perfect prayer, Matthew 6, starting with verse 8. Your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Abba, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Look at that. Three requests right there. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Extend your rule over our lives. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Extend that rule over our human lives. But there's something more going on there. Once you become a worker in the kingdom of God. Is there a deeper meaning? Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We've always looked at that intellectually or uh, theologically. But what if he meant it for real? And he did. John eighteen thirty three says... To Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Two kingdoms coexisting at the same time. If you want to look at it in a Star Trek kind of thing, multiple realities of God, a universal multiple realities of God happening simultaneously on earth as it is in heaven. You know what I just described to you, we're going to get to it, it's quantum mechanics. But we see it again in Revelation eleven fifteen. The seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Messiah, and he shall reign forever and ever. It wasn't just taking authority, it was absorbing them. It was... I can't even find the words, but two worlds merge at this point in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.10. You say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're talking about what's in the quantum world is called bi-locality. Two places existing, two things existing at the same time in different places. Let me simplify it for you. Sir Isaac Newton began to explain about things on a subatomic level. And you've seen me talk about it in the seminars, and I teach on it in the book, and I've mentioned it here before. It's a sub-microscopic level, a quantum level, quantum mechanics, quantum rules. And all that is is a fundamental theory in physics, and it describes properties of nature on atomic scale. 
basically everything is made of waves and particles. It's pretty simple. Light is a form of electromagnetic radiation as radio waves visible to the human eye. Sound and light share the same fundamental nature of vibration. Even though the sounds we can hear have a much lower frequency than light that is visible to us, there's a range of sound frequencies that have corresponding colors. Simply, his kingdom is sound and light. You are the light of the world, aren't you, after all? Genesis 1, verses 2 and 3. The kingdom was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Don't get confused by the word quantum. It's, it's a Latin word, quanta, for how much. That's all it means. It reflects that plocks of energy or matter have come together to form something. It's uh, like multiple levels of of fundamental energy. I'm simplifying for it's a little more complicated than that. And you can read about it if if you want to. But one of the most strangest and important elements of quantum mechanics is something called entanglement. You've heard me mention that word a few times. When two quantum particles interact in the right way, their states or their existence will depend upon one another no matter how far apart they are. Now, I just said that in scientific terms, but think about that in the concept of you and the Lord. When those two things interact in the right way, they're dependent upon one another, no matter how far apart they are. So if you had one particle in, say, Princeton, New Jersey, and you sent the other to Paris, France, and you measured them at exactly the same time, the outcome of the measurement in Princeton would be absolutely and unequivocally the same as the measurement in France, Paris, France, and vice versa, because even though they're thousands of miles apart, they're existing on the same level. So quantum-level particles react to one another even if they're not in the same location. Isn't that us and the Lord through the Holy Spirit? We are entangled with him. I think it explains the rapture, that in the moment he decides in his mind and he calls us to him, we go from where we are to where he is. It's basically, it's not flying as they see in the Bible, or these images. They didn't know what to do. I think it's more of like Star Trek, the teleporter. One minute you're there, the next minute you're someplace else, and it's not seconds to pull you back together. He thinks about it, boom, you're with him. So it's this phenomenon that Einstein called uh, spooky action as, at a distance. For a guy as brilliant as Einstein, he, he calls that the, the way these things are linked together on the quantum level is spooky action at a distance. He couldn't come up with the words, I got it for you, Albert. I'm just going to call it the kingdom of God. But once you get entangled with the kingdom of God, let me give you a warning here. Once you become entangled with him on a spiritual level, once you become one with him, it's kind of like marriage, the two become one. To become disentangled is not good. But you see this word in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, no one entangled in warfare 
entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The Amplified says no soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. And I can tell you, I feel this. I feel this now more than ever. I just want to be about his business. I just want to do what I've been called and designed to do. And everything else is an annoyance. It's an irritant. It's like a pebble in your shoe. You have to deal with it. You got to keep going. But if I had my druthers, and I don't really know what druthers are, but if I had one, I'd want to be serving him full time. I wouldn't want to be thinking about anything else. I'd want to know my family was taken care of, and they were happy, and they were safe, and it was on the ocean. I added the ocean part. I'm not sure that's biblical, but he liked the water. But the fact is, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else but living, walking, breathing kingdom of God business. And we can become entangled with him in the kingdom of God. That's our choice. We become one with him on a spiritual, mental, even physical level. And I believe that's when healings happen. It's not your hand on him. It's his hand on them. And you're pushing, the Spirit's pushing through you and using you. That connection, the day of Pentecost, what we're celebrating this weekend through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's unique and boy, is it special. So special that there is a price for breaking that connection. Those that have been set free of the world and become entangled again with the world will suffer an even greater punishment. Apparently, you can't come back into the, that realm once you've been disengaged from it. That should be frightening. Now, how do I know it says it in the Word? Second Peter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. And the Vine's expository dictionary for entangled means to weave into. If you've been woven into him, and then you through deliberation and choice disentangle yourself and reinsert yourself back into the world. I guess it's kind of like the Matrix. You know, that guy got out, but then he cut the deal to go back in. There's no going back to him. There's no, coming, there's no going back to freedom. You must be single-minded on him and with him or be infected by the world and become double-minded, which the word declares will get no blessing at all. And the church, I believe, has allowed the world to infect it and make it inherently double-minded. We're in this world. We're not of this world. This is not my home. Though my feet are here, I don't belong here. I belong with him in the kingdom, and someday both will be, both my body and my spirit. But right now, my spirit's with him. I'm connected to him. I'm walking with him. And at some point, when I really get it all together, I'll be walking as him. So if we view all of this on a quantum level, and we are interwoven with him in heaven and earth, that heaven and earth, kingdom of God connection, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, that means our thoughts, our emotions, and our intentions are his simultaneously. Let me say that again. The reason so many of you are having a problem right now 
is you claim to be walking with him when you're walking in the world or you jump back and forth or you have moments of being with him. But when you're walking with him through the connection of the Holy Spirit, remember, you get the mind of Messiah. You get his mind and his thoughts because the Holy Spirit has bridged you to him. And that should be the ultimate 27 goal, 27, 24 7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you can hear his voice. I think one of the things that make me different, not because I'm any smarter, is because I never stop thinking about him. I never stop talking to him. I never stop praying to him. He's always consciously in my mind, no matter where I am. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what we've got on the day of Pentecost. That's what we're celebrating. The Holy Spirit is our bridge between the heavenly kingdom of God and the earthly kingdom of God existing simultaneously. One of the books I'm reading right now is a book called Quantum Glory by a man named Phil Mason. And it says that the realm of the spirit undergirds the realm of matter and that the material world is actually structured upon the building blocks of the spirit. Kind of like what people are talking about right now is blockchain. Blockchain is building blocks of information that come together for a transaction. Well, we, we have a blockchain spirituality. John 1, three. all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Everything, everything created exists through him, through his service, through his intervention, in him and for him. It's entangled with him. That's how he holds everything together, by his very existence. He exists, so therefore does everything else. The sound and light waves holding the universe together, that's him. And it is what impacts and empowers the kingdom of God. And everybody's been invited. You're all invited. doesn't matter. No distinction. If you accept him, you accept that blood sacrifice, you, he wants you. And he's sending out his servants to the highways and the, the byways to urge people to come into the kingdom. That's how gracious and loving he is. And the aim is that the kingdom should be established here and now, abiding. And that's what we're fighting for. It shouldn't be this way, but we abdicated. We should have what Paul says in Romans fourteen seventeen: The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That gracious gift of salvation. The interaction, natural and spiritual, between him and us. The bilocally connection, two worlds intertwined. And why don't we know this? Because it's been hidden hidden by the Lord until this time, and also hidden by the enemy who kept us ignorant, unawares. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says, the Alexandrian thinkers who commingled Bible teaching with Greek philosophy brought back the phrase, 
kingdom of God to designate the rule of God in the conscience of men. It was an intellectual paradigm as opposed to a real supernatural entity in the world. You've been invited into this. What I'm talking about is extraordinarily wonderful, and it's been offered to you, but you decide. See, what we're going to go from here is how do we apply this? How do we activate this? How do we live this out? How do we use this to save the world, get people saved, healed, and delivered? How do we use this to set the captives free? How do we use this to kick down the gates of the enemy? How do we use this to change and shake the world one last time before the return of the king? Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Yeshua. We are with you in the throne room. We are connected to you through your Ruach HaKadosh. We hear you. We hear your thoughts. We hear your love. We hear the, 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 the sounds of the throne room, the phrases and the music and the wonderfulness of you. And right now we want it here and now, here and now on this earth. We want it around us. We want it in us. We want it on us. Break it free. Break free of everything around us that distracts us from you. Forgive us our failings and our shortcomings. Drive the enemy from us, Lord. Let us be entangled with you right now, here and now, May 27th, 2020. Let us be so connected to you. You're never far, you're never anywhere away from our thoughts, from our feelings, from our emotions, from our intentions. Let us walk in this, Lord. Let us do what you call us to do, each and every one of us, as your sons and daughters. And I just ask this with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. And if you want this, folks, from your heart, just say amen. The awakened remnant. That's where we are now. Not awakened. The awakened remnant. Who are ready, willing, and able to walk in the kingdom of God. To do kingdom business. To be about their father's business. Not building their own kingdoms. Not building a brand or a product. There are people that are always going to do that. It happened with the church from day one. That's not what we're about. We're about getting the job done. Finishing the work that was begun in Jerusalem all those years ago. First on the cross, then from the upper room to now. It's time for the church to be the kingdom of God on earth. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm going to leave you with the Shavuot blast of the shofar one last time.
Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code Notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.